You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. And I, uh, I went and I went and like slipped some, some sleeping stuff in your neighbors, so hopefully they get an extra hour and uh, we, they won't be they won't be leaking your internet from you. Yeah, hopefully we'll keep the fingers crossed there. Also, the roof is done working, but guys, we're working now. We're getting into it. Good morning. Good morning. It is August the seventeenth, seven thirty o'clock, God's time, as we like to say, Mountain time. Beautiful out there. Hopefully, you guys in Colorado are enjoying a little bit of uh, reprieve from the smoke because it's all pretty much coming up here to the uh, Pacific Northwest right now. We've been st- sunk in, but uh, is what it is. Um, but pull, yeah, pull up a weather channel map and uh, type in three zero zero two two. And uh, there's no smoke where I am because the animals outside of my door are lining up in twos. So it's oh. uh, Fre- Fred's coming through. I'm right in the path of, of Fred and we're getting about four inches of rain in the next 24 hours. So it's wet uh. here. Really well. Send some our way. We need it. We need it. But good morning, guys. Welcome in. This is, of course, Broncos for Breakfast coming at you live every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 730 Mountain Time AM. Um, been enjoying the show. Been doing it since probably March at some point now. And now we're Early really April, going somewhere gone. in there. Yeah. Early April. Mm-hmm. So th- thank you, everybody, for joining us so far on this journey. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, let's keep this ball rolling. Like I said, Broncos for Breakfast. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. And while you guys are over there, also please follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Um, obviously, a lot of good content there. You can stay up to date. And if you have anything that, you know, we didn't get to your comment on the super chat or you're listening to this after the fact on the podcast side of things, add us on Twitter. We're both, uh, I can't speak for Scott, but I'm a, I'm a no life nothing, you know, so I'm, I love Twitter. Twitter's got me also, hook, line, and sinker. So if you ask me a question on Twitter, you're going to get a response um, just and also an excuse to stop working on something else and talk some football. God bless it. Thank, thank you for that Twitter. Um, also, if you guys are joining us today on Facebook, click those thumbs up. Uh, it's that helps us a heck of a lot. We got a heart coming in from Gary Leeds Palmer, the one and the only Jerry Holen and Dave Glassman. And also a like coming in from Andrew Lampy. Uh, thank you guys very much. But also if you're haven't clicked the thumbs up, the heart react, the care react, the wow react, any of that yet, please do so. And while you're there, also go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, become a supporter uh, on top of facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, so oh, we got another heart coming in or another like Charles Tudor. How you doing, Charles? Thank you very much for that. Like over on Facebook, guys, be like Charles, answer the call of action. Help us a heck of a lot. Uh, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like and share. Uh, that's probably the second most helpful thing you can do to support this show. Help Scott, help myself, help Chad, help Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys go to YouTube, uh, subscribe, <clears throat> click for the notifications, like the video on YouTube, etc. While you guys are over on YouTube, also go to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I'm going to drop his chat right now or the, the link as well in the, the chat. If you guys click this right now, it's going to get you to Scott's channel. Uh, Scott's got, uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier, he can do some things on his channel that uh, potentially others can't, um, given where we are right now, which is great. So if you guys want to check out maybe some Drew Locke content or something else going on on Scott's channel, uh, make sure you go follow that link and uh, subscribe to Scott's channel. Scott's, what's the, oh, let me get you right when you're getting a sip of coffee. That's okay. <laughs> I, 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 I heard my name and, and started cutting it short, so. 
Um, you know, we actually started doing some Premier League stuff. Eight o'clock, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, Premier League for breakfast. Uh, my best friend's a big Arsenal fan. I'm a big Chelsea fan, and we both know a lot. We we both pour a lot of time into watching uh, international football. So I was like, hey, let's start. Let's just do it for fun. So we're doing that at Mondays at eight. Um, and then uh, I'm getting back into uh, interviewing other other publishers, other mm-hmm. other reporters from around the country. So with the uh, the Falcons and Titans. Uh, we talked to my friend David Beauclair, who runs the the Titan side over at uh, Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated, and g- he gave us some insight on who was healthy, who wasn't. And I'm going to try and get Miami Dolphins this week too. I know uh, I don't know if, de- if they're on Denver. I think they're on Denver's schedule. I haven't I haven't looked at it. Is do the, the Miami the, plays the Broncos play the Dolphins this year? Oh man, not that big a deal. Anyway, those, those are the type of things we're doing, and uh, you know, and and adding some some highlights of uh, recruits and, and doing some, some sound bites of players and, and that type of stuff. So kicking it, kicking it back up a notch again. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, the, I don't see the dolphins on the Broncos schedule, so uh, we'll find out, I guess, but uh, does not appear to be the case. Um, but yeah, guys, let's say hello to the chat. We got a lot of people coming in right away. Thank you so much. Uh, Mo Ron's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you, Mo Ron. Uh, we got, John's in the house as well. D Herrera. See, I, I remembered it that time. Uh, good morning. Wait, good way to start the morning. Uh, absolutely, John. Thank you for the positivity as well. We got Max Power talk, talking about a good way to start the morning. $2 pound coming in here saying, uh, morning, guys. Which five do you think get cut today? And uh, Mo Ron had a good list here. I'm just going to piggyback off Mo since he has a list. I don't have to be clicking back and forth and taking my eyes off the chat. But he mentions Duke Dawson, Nate Harrison, Savion Smith, Barrington Wade, Brandon Mack. Uh, Demonterey Pearsonell, Devontre Dukes, Nolan Loggenberger, Log- Austin Schlotman, Quinn Bailey, Drew Hamelman, and Austin Fort. Uh, not all these guys. I don't think they will do that. Um, but I could see Barrington oh, Wade. Got to be another five by next Tuesday. Yeah. You yep. know, So uh, there, there's there's they got to get down to eighty by next Tuesday. If you can get ahead of the game, you might. Um, yep. So it's a that's that's a good list. Yeah, maybe I have a hard time saying for sure. Austin Schlotman. Um, given his center ability, um, don't want to move on from him just yet. Duke Dawson, I think, and Savon Smith have both flashed. Uh, Austin Fort and Drew Himmelman also ones that I'm not looking to get rid of just yet, but uh, we'll see. You know, we're talking bottom of the barrel guys here, but, uh, you know, and it's also a lot of stuff that um, he, uh, will be dependent on reps that we have not seen, right? There's only so many reps that can be done in the game. A lot of it's probably going to be on who's in practice, who's getting it done in the classroom. Also, guys who are like, okay, this guy, you know, we kept him around for a bit, but it's just not clicking. We're going to move on, but that's a good list. Um, we got Lord Deer coming in with some Canadian uh, dollars up north of the border, I believe. Uh, $6.99. Thank you very much, Lord Deer. Uh, appreciate you and supporting the channel. If you guys want to be awesome like Lord Deer, you know, don't don't hesitate. We'll get to your questions uh, if we are doing that. But, Scott, um, we got Moron still talking here. Oh, Dave Glassman's in the house. Good to see you. Cheers to you, Dave. Jeremy's in the house. Good to see you. Andrew Lampy, always a, a superstar supporter. Um, he's saying, morning, fellas. Might be stars there. Not 100% sure, but it's all great. Uh, Clee, Clee, I'm not going to say it this time because somebody made fun of me on Twitter last time because uh, your name is a little bit naughty there, Clee. Um, but the West Coast is burning and Afghanistan's <laughs> complete success. USA, yeah. Um, Clee, somebody was laughing very hard at me. I'm not going to let you make me a fool, but uh, I appreciate the, the looks like a red snapper picture there. Jerry Holland saying, don't get to see enough of you, Nick. Well, that's the dirtiest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Jerry. Uh, that's, I uh, appreciate you. Um, I've been out and about recently, but, uh, you know, taking, taking advantage of some working or some vacation days. 
Andrew saying, working out. Can I get some random clapping and support? You got it, Andrew. Get, burn those legs. You know, one more rep. Push it out. There you go. And um, Peter saying, those are huge stars uh, from Andrew. I'm sure Andrew's always such a, a star giver. So we appreciate you're a star, Andrew. We love you for that. Mr. Sir McLovin's in the house. Good morning, fellas. Got a new job, so I haven't been able to get on the morning. Well, you know, congrats. congrats. Yeah, congrats to you uh, being a uh, contributing member of society. God bless you. Victor Rios coming in. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Joey's in here saying the best thing Broncos did was draft Williams. He's going to be a monster and really open up the play action passing. Um, Let's get into this. Let's get into Joey real quick. Uh, Talking about the game, I'm going to keep the chat right here so I don't miss any of you guys coming in here. Um, But Broncos, rookies, specifically the first two rounds, not just this last year, but the year before, making plays out there looking good. Uh, You know, in theory, this is what you want from your first two draft picks, right? Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, Javante Williams. Doesn't always work out that way, but the Broncos look like they actually have a pretty good uh, foundation here with those four rookies. And those guys not only look like contributors, but they could be like, Big time I mean, players for the Broncos. And this is going to be a Captain Obvious statement, but sometimes the obvious needs to be stated. Um, I've noticed through the the limited amount of, of, of football we've had been able to watch that the second year leap has been bigger than usual because these guys have had camps. Mm-hmm. You know, the the rookie the rookie class last year had it tough. And you're always gonna have a player take a step forward. I mean, yes, there's a sophomore slump. That that that's a name for a reason, but for the most part, the guys are now seasoned pros they've got 16 games under their belts a full training camp but this is their first full training camp so the second year guys that i've seen have really made a bigger leap than usual so far uh and then the uh the the, the young guys coming in are, are talented you know the, yeah. the rookies coming in are, are talented we we knew all about uh patrick sertan uh you know we, we've talked about him a lot and you know um you know while some people may have wanted a quarterback if you weren't going to take a quarterback this was a a fantastic pick yeah. and if he ends up being you know as good as we think he can be, you're not going to worry too much about missing on the quarterback, uh, no matter what that quarterback ends up doing. Um, you know, the the defense yesterday, well, yesterday, see, I watched it yesterday. <laughs> the defense won. They, what yeah. they have? They had eight points on by themselves, a safety and a touchdown. So tack on an extra point, it was nine to six. They, they won mm-hmm. the game. So, um, but yeah, Sertan had a, a, a big game. Um, do we expect to pick six every week? No. Uh, but do we expect a heck of a player? Yeah, yeah, we do. He's he's good. Yeah, he was really impressive. Uh, I think the number one defensive back in football, according to Pro Football Focus last week. Now, take that with 20,000 grains of salt, you know, enough to fill a beach uh, because it's preseason. Uh, not all the starters are out there. Uh, it was Kellen Mond throwing it out there, not Kirk Cousins. Uh, it was a smaller sample size. They're playing vanilla defense out there. But still, he looked not only like did he belong, he looked like a guy like when you're watching college football, especially true. And when you're watching high school football, there's like your eyes gravitate to the obvious talent. There's uh, a guy Donham used to coach the university of Georgia. And uh, you know, he, he was talking about the guys. I, I want my wife, you know, no offense to the women out there, but you know, his wife might not be into football that much. Cause when we go to recruit, I want my wife to be able to pick him out. Yeah. And um, I actually tested that my first year doing that. I said, I said, I, I joked about it because you could tell it was my first year. Cause my wife actually went to a spring game with me. And there were nine guys between the sophomore and senior classes that ended up signing D1, but only one of them went to a power five conference, uh, a power five school. And at halftime, I, I was down on the field and I came up and I saw her at halftime. I said, so who are we here to see? And she goes, well, that, that number one looks pretty good. It was Paul Oliver, you know, the, the, the may he rest in peace. But I'm like, you know, 
those are the kind of guys that, that, that you want to have out there. And if you're not getting them, if you can't tell, if an idiot like me can't tell they're really good, then you're going to get beat by the guys that are getting guys that idiots like me can tell are really good. So he uh, he was a standout. He, he, he was a standout at all levels, and uh, I think the Broncos are lucky to have him. And he's still so young, too. Turned 21 in April, um, and he's so long. I'm He's just so big, right, even for a cornerback. And you, you don't really appreciate that even because uh, Alabama, okay, he's playing college football. He's big. He's big for NFL standards, and now he's playing like some kind of linebacker box role as well. I'm so excited to see what they're going to do with him this year. He is such a unique player. Some comparisons to guys that are long, but, but Sertan's not just, you know, he's not just tall. He's big. Yeah. No, he's, he's physical. And when you can cover like that, it gives you so many options. He's such a weapon, you know, the versatility that you can use him all across the back five, you can drop him up. You can walk him up as an outside linebacker in coverage and rush a passer. It's just, you know, it's a wild card out there. Uh, and, you know, you, you love those guys. Defensive coordinators yeah. love those guys. And offensive coordinators hate them. It's like, where the hell is this guy going to be coming from? You know, yep. and oh, by the way, we'll just we'll just man him up on a, on a receiver if we're if, if we need to and take away that out route. And we better not throw it that way or it's going to go the other direction. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you. Um, we'll get into some more Sertan here. I want to uh, keep talking to the chat here. Everybody's coming on in. EJ saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. We love you, EJ. Thanks for joining us today. Gary leads Palmer. Gary's Gary's an OG. Love you, Gary. Uh, Broncos for breakfast, best pod ever. Gary, I'm blushing. I'm, oh, that's 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 too nice. We appreciate you so much. Uh, Jillian coming in here. Um, no know, knows a thing or two about football. Love you, Jillian. Thank you for joining us, J- uh, Jillian Richard Reese. Uh, do you think there will be a trade between us and the Colts where we get Deshaun Watson? I'm not sure. I think all the Deshaun Watson stuff for the Broncos is on ice currently, waiting to see what happens there. But I really am skeptical that you'd see a three team trade with the Colts and the Texans, given they are divisional rivals. That'd be like, you know, let's say uh, Mahomes is disgruntled and wants out. And uh, we work a deal with the chiefs and the, I don't know, Washington football team. It's like, ah, we're not going to help the chiefs out to do any, although we, I guess we'd be very excited to help them get rid of Patrick Mahomes. So maybe I'm talking myself out of it here. I I think the, the rule of thumb is send them out of the division and send them someplace cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Uh, Dave still coming in here with the hearts and the lock reaction there. Got to talk some lock at some point. Nice stars. Gary agreed. Peter, the, Gary's a real one. Uh, we got Steven in the house. Good morning, guys. Drew Lock is my quarterback. Tim Tebow was just released. Ah, Timmy didn't have a good enough block out there. Um, that's, that's okay. Uh, we got Mark, uh, Linda mode in here. Good losing their minds over, you know, Tim Tebow getting this opportunity. So who cares? You know, I mean, really who cares? Good for him. Go out there and give it a shot. You know, yeah. it's not like he's costing somebody else an opportunity. There's a hundred guys at camp. 53 are going to make it. Yeah. You know, there's a, there, there's, I don't know. I, I'm not too, I, I don't, I don't get too upset about what he, what Tim Tebow does or doesn't do. Frankly, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he's low on my list of uh, priorities. Yeah. I don't um, care. But thanks Mark uh, very much. Um, we got Peter saying good evening from Cambodia. Good to see you, Peter. Joseph T. Fisher, good morning, and go Broncos. And it's no Dolphins this year. Yeah, I just looked at the schedule. No Dolphins. That's that's okay. We played them last year and uh, made Tua look like a man. <laughs> Pile of poo. Um, <laughs> the Jedi's Hut, I mean, he was looked terrible. Um, the Jedi's Hut coming in here. PS2 gives me Tlaib vibes. Um, he looks bigger than Tlaib to me. Um, but that's definitely a solid comparison. I think he's thicker. You know, Tlaib was tall. Tlaib was, you know, 6'2", 6'3", yeah. but long. You know, Richard Sherman's long and thin. Uh, Sertan's thicker he's he's uh you know he's i think he's more physical yeah uh, malachi martin saying he gave me champ vibes super smooth i don't know if he's champ bailey champ bailey is like 
you're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer there, and I know that's where people's minds tend to go for the Broncos with any high-drafted cornerback, but I I am very skeptical of putting anybody's comparison to a first ballot Hall of Famer. I try to also I tried to use more contemporaries. Um, somebody for Sertan, who gosh, with the the box rolls that you're seeing, with the size he has, and this defense, it's a his number one comparison, uh, athletic profile wise, uh, from if you go to mock draftable is Derwin James. And I know Derwin James played safety, but you're telling me Patrick Sertan with that body type, with the tackling, with the instincts, couldn't play safety. You're talking about playing him in a box role. You're talking about using him off the edge in blitz packages. Um, I really think he actually could play that super hybrid role um, for the Broncos. And maybe that even becomes a position for this Vic Fangio defense going forward, especially in the AFC West, right? You you're going up against Travis Kelsey. You're going up against Darren Waller. Typically, you have way more value from that pure boundary cornerback, but maybe that isn't the case with Sertan. Maybe that isn't the case in the AFC West because he is such a unique matchup player, and everybody's screaming for that t- uh, linebacker forever to stop the tight ends. You have now a six foot two, six foot one, whatever, six three, two hundred, yeah, yeah, tall enough, forty inch vertical leap. He's tall long, enough, physical, uh, and now let's say you let's the Chiefs are using Travis Kelsey in line, and you bring Patrick uh, Sertan in the box you're baiting the chiefs to run. You're saying, please run the ball. Give it to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. If you get four yards, so be it. You're not running the ball. You're not killing me with Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey. And uh, that's, that's as about as good strategically as it can get. I think Vic fans, you always ahead of the game there. Um, but let's keep going. Greg Smith. Good morning, fellas. Good to you. Aloha. Um, great. Aloha. Yeah, exactly. Um, Andrew sent you guys a loads of star Gary's too. Peter, where's your stars? No, Andrew and Gary. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we love you. Um, Jedi's in here saying a good way to sum up last week's game is that the Broncos do have talent and potential and it showed it's just a matter of staying healthy with consistent and confident quarterback play from drew. Uh, that's a big one. Also, we'll get in the game in a second. I want to keep saying hello. Dakota Whitehouse is in here. Good morning. How, how are you doing? Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick. It's gotten Broncos for breakfast. Great to see you. Nick looks very tired. Nick woke up at uh, six o'clock and then was out here at six 30, but uh, his coffee is starting to course through him. And, uh, I'm just, I can't sleep because I'm so excited about this Broncos team, guys. That's that's what it is. Uh, very fun game. U.S. Dave's in the house. Good to see you. Uh, and uh, Trevor Sandals in the house. Morning, fellas. So, yeah, I think we guys said hello to pretty much everybody that's in here that wanted to say hello. Um, gosh, I want to talk some more Patrick Sertan still. He was so impressive in this game. And I know, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson out here looking good. But we're going to focus on Patrick Sertan. Uh, do you think I have is there any merit to Patrick Sertan becoming more of that hybrid player for a defense long-term? Or do you think if you were coaching or building a team, the end goal would be that boundary corner? No, I I think I I like having him being able to freelance, you know, assuming that you can get competency on, on the edge, you know, and you don't necessarily have to have a star, but assuming you can get competence on that. Now you got like another free safety out there or a shutdown guy on the, uh, a shutdown guy in the interior. So the, we talked about it, you know, I hate to say I told you so, but, you know, his his versatility is what made him so intriguing as a player. When you've got a person who's good in coverage, mm-hmm. he might not be the best corner in coverage, but he can do so many more things because of his physical ability that other corners just flat out couldn't do because they're getting pushed around, that that's my guy. You know, system be damned. That's the guy I wanted for for a corner. Uh, you know, I look back and, you know, I, I think uh, Klee was talking about Eric Berry. You know, Eric Berry is one of the best pure football players I ever saw coming up. Um, you know, he was a, he was a quarterback and, and the video he was, he was referencing was uh, was Creekside against Westlake was 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 uh, 
Eric Berry at quarterback and Cam Newton at quarterback playing against one another. Man, um, <laughs> that's that, was, that was fun. Yeah, um, but, you know, and then he goes to the Army All-American game and plays corner for the first time and was a standout. And then he goes and is an All-American safety at Tennessee and was, a you know, all-pro safety at, with the Chiefs. So, and, you know, Sertan's a little bit like that, a lot like that. He's just a little bit taller. Might not be quite as explosive as Barry was, yeah. um, but a little bit taller. And you can use him in so many ways. You can attack the backfield with him. You can drop him back into coverage. Um, as long, again, the, the key on that, though, is do you have competent corners? They don't have to be your best players. But if, you know, if he's inside and I can just pick apart the outside, then he's not doing any good. Then I need to move him outside. But that's the, the ideal thing. Is you've got, again, I've used the phrase before, wild card. You've got a wild card in Sertan. Where can he best help the team? Mm-hmm. What, what can I do with him to best help the team? And that's a, that's a great proposition for a defensive coordinator that likes to experiment a little bit. Yeah, and this maybe will send a shiver up some people's spine here, but uh, there's a chance that the Broncos could go first-round cornerback again next year. I know that there's a lot of, oh my gosh, they did so much, but you're losing uh, Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller to free agency next year. We know how much uh, George Payton loves the cornerback position, and if you love Patrick Sertan so much in that kind of hybrid role where he's outside, he's inside, doing everything, it, it would make sense to keep investing in that cornerback position. It, it, it is very valuable. It's a position where depth matters. Um, and I definitely was, you know, scoffing or scoffing at it at first thinking about it, but, uh, that's, uh, I definitely think it's a viable thing, especially with how this roster is stacked up right now. There are well, not and, many you know, the, the obvious argument needs. against him when, when we first started doing this was a system fit. Is, is he the system fit? I need a guy that can turn, you know, flip his hips and run. Um, you know, but as, as we've talked about general managers aren't drafting for systems, so to speak, because they're drafting yeah. for 10 to 12 years where systems change every two years, you know, how long yeah. are, our defensive coordinators in place, how long, you know, especially if you're a team like, like, you know, I, I've, I've been watching, you're changing, you're changing head coaches every three, four years. You know, Sertan may play under several different systems and different head coaches. How many, how many offensive coordinators has Drew Locke had since, since, uh, you know, his freshman year uh, six, Something you know, like so that. you got, you got to be careful drafting for a system because as soon as the system changes, you don't want to then hamper your team. So, um, was a big fan of Sertan. He, you know, he's he's got a long way to go. It's early days, mm-hmm. um, but you know the the early returns are really really good for him. Yeah, I just I see people in the chat. No, Nick, there'll be a second third round pick. Uh, take Malik Willis. First pick will be a right tackle. I'm right now. I'd probably put money on edge or offensive tackle being that first pick for the Broncos. Um, putting corner quarterback in a box completely because I don't want to open up with that. We'll get to quarterback here in a second, but uh, I think cornerback is a sneaky position when you're losing two guys, two starters. Um, especially with how they seem like they want to use Sertan, I would not sleep on it. There's just, there's a lot of, uh, factors pointing that way, but, uh, let's get into, uh, Pat, uh, Drew Locke. And the first thing I want to say with Drew Locke is, uh, man, five for seven, uh, that 80 yard touchdown was beautiful. Can't, uh, I know KJ Hamler was open, but that's what he's supposed to do, right? Like that's, that's, you can't fault him. Oh, the guy was open. Well, he hit the guy in stride for a touchdown. You can't do better than that. And I wanted to give the floor to you because you talked about a play that I was going to bring up, but you've already dissected it. And uh, I like the way you're doing it. I'm going to get, I needed some coffee anyway. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the, the, the 80 touchdown is nice. That's, that's more on Hamler than Locke. I mean, you got to make the throw, but that's a, that's a throw that every professional quarterback should make. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he made it um, and, and good for him. And it's, it's great for the stats, but the, that wasn't the play that made me kind of stand up and think, okay, we've seen a maturation process here. And what I did like about that long play was, 
he trusted his it was his offensive coordinator somebody saw something early because you know he pointed directly to the sidelines and uh, was like you you called it and what I also like about that play was that was the first play after a safety take yeah. a shot after a turnover a safety is basically a turnover take a shot uh Cameron Bynum I don't know what he was doing in in uh in, in coverage there looked was like it Dantzler come up and jam Hamler I think that's who that was right it was 43 I think it was Cameron Dantzler Danzler, find them. I'm, I'm looking at two different depth charts here. I was 43, okay. and I wrote down numbers as I was watching it. Uh, but the play later was third and four uh, on, the, on the second. I think it was a second touchdown drive, and it was a four man rush. And he stood tall. He stood tall in the pocket. He trusted his offensive line, and he went through. You could watch him because they had a perfect uh, behind the camera aerial view behind him as the pocket develops, and you could watch him. He never puts his eyes down, not once. He goes, check one, check two, check three. Jerry Judy's available. You give a guy that much time, someone's going to be open. Jerry Judy was wide open. Nice little catch and, catch and run. But so many times you see a quarterback starting to get happy feet a little bit. Or as soon as he takes his eyes down from the from downfield and starts looking at the, 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 the rush, it doesn't go from check one, check two, check three. It goes from defensive end to defensive to defensive tackle to defensive end I go oh crap oh crap oh crap sack and instead he looked so calm in there and so poised and delivered a strike over the middle I'm like that was nice and then he finished off that 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 drive with a bootleg and the play action we, we talked a little bit about that you know two runs for 25 yards or so to open the game just set the tone because then the play yeah. action was wide open but you know a nice naked boot and he's got three receivers running into the quarter of the end zone Two of them were covered. One of them was open. Threads a needle. Picks the right guy. Drew Locke looked fantastic. He he did. And um, you know, working against the ones all week with the Denver, you know, working against Sertan and all those guys in the Denver defense, going against the twos in Minnesota must have felt like you know pitch and catch. Yeah. So uh, the defenses will get better, but he's practicing against as good a defense as as he'll face in the league, and that's going to be good for him and Bridgewater. Absolutely. Uh, good. Shane Daniels coming in here. Good morning. Good morning to you, to Shane. To you, Shane. Uh, what is your opinion on the offensive line play? Very hard to take uh, definitive takeaways from the offensive line, uh, considering the Vikings are playing second and third string uh, defensive line out there in their front seven. Um, and that's another takeaway I have from this game is Drew Locke looked great in this game. I don't think he even felt like the condensation of from another player's breath. There was that one play where he stood in the pocket and stood tall and uh, he did get Jarred, not hit very hard, but he did get touched. Um, but the offensive line was great. Drew Locke in that one play, he just had to stand there and go through his reads, and he kept his balance, and he kept in a striking pose, but he didn't have to navigate the pocket at all because the pocket was beautiful, and that was an issue for Drew Locke in the past. Um, he'd get off his first read, and if it wasn't there, he'd panic and like be looking to like run around. It. You'll see it. You'll see a quarterback. You'll you can watch your helmet. It comes down, and as yep. soon as they take their eyes off downfield and start looking at the rush in front of them, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And as tall as he is, there's no excuse for it. You know, there, nope. you, you keep keep your eyes downfield. He's a lot more mobile than I think people get him credit for because he's exactly. stuck at one time. Mm-hmm. He took three strides and picked up six yards. I'm like, you know, he's not a bad runner by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. So uh, terrific game. Uh, yep. You couldn't have asked for anything more from Drew Locke, I don't think. I agree with you. Um, and But a lot of people are also crowning him. You know, man, see, everybody doubted him. It was five completions in a quarter and a half. And he answered all the questions he possibly could have answered uh, given the parameters of the game, but it's going to be six, eight games into the regular season, assuming he wins before we have enough data, uh, specific uh, examples 
of uh, questions that we have. Like no, the, the, the next. The, the, the question is: Is could Drew, could Drew Locke have done any more? No, he was great. Mm-hmm. He he couldn't have. Yep. Is exactly. is the quarterback position settled? No, it's it's too small a sample size. Yep. Uh, first preseason game on all that. It's it's too small. So there's there's still questions to be asked and answered. But yep. the first test, the first question, Drew Locke answered with, you know, he 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 passed with flying colors. Yep. But I de- I definitely want to give a shout out to the offensive line play. I know that they played two of their starters and a lot of their backups and the, some of the Broncos backups on the offensive line, especially on the interior, are better than uh, what a lot of teams have. Um, so the offensive line dominated. They did in the run game and the pass game. Uh, both quarterbacks were kept very clean. And uh, when the bullets are really flying live and there are pressure, there is pressure getting through. I'm curious to see how Locke does because under pressure last year was an issue for him. Um, and his play kind of devolved when he'd get a hit a few times. But uh, again, we can only go off of what we have. Offensive line provided a, almost a perfect pocket every time. Um, and Drew Locke delivered. That's not, not a fair that, expectation again, of the offensive it, line. Though. The, the set the tone was those two running plays. Yes. You know, yep. you, you you run Javante Williams for, you know, two first downs on first two plays. All of a sudden, the play action opens up. It's yep. all the synergy. You know, it, it, all, it all plays off one another. You stuff those two runs and you're looking at third and 12 instead of, you know, a couple of first and tens. Things change. But we, we had a couple of, of nice supers come in Nick, that I wanted to, to make sure we highlighted before we got too far down the rabbit hole here. Yeah. Justin Jarvis coming in with the picture of Ace Ventura in the 2-2. Love it. One of my favorite movies. Um, if someone told me that Lock and Bridgewater would be number one and number two in passing rating, I would have told them to pass the good stuff. I know it's preseason and like every starter sat for the Vikings, but it's still fun to think about. It is fun to think about. Um, you know, it's again, we can only go off of what we have. You don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill because it is preseason. Like you said, they're playing not only are they playing the backups, they are playing eighth grade defense, you know, like rush four, drop seven. To just stand in your zone. There's nothing complicated going on there. It's not hard for the quarterbacks to read either. It's um, get, if your guy's winning his one-on-one matchup, then you can get to it. So nothing. you don't want to make too much of it, but still they went out there and executed. And given what we were hearing about the joint practices and how they were struggling, it could have gone the completely other way. And uh, it would have been pretty toxic out here in uh, Broncos country, especially on the uh, social media. So I'm happy it didn't go that way, but uh, still I'm a little bit guarded as far as, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to uh, plan the parade. Uh, even though they both were good. Yeah, and and, and two things. One, uh, we, we talked about raising the floor. It's a, a phrase I like that Nick uses, raising the floor of, of the quarterback play. It's going to be better this year. Quarterback play is going to be better this year. Yep. Couldn't get much worse, but it's it's going to improve, and we're going to see that. And two, uh, two comments below that, Jimmy Anderson. Uh, apparently, Scott needs to stay out of the tanning bed. <laughs> I like it. Jimmy, dude, I, it's summer in the South. Both of my kids play sports. Uh, I'm in Atlanta. It was 90 degrees, and I was out in the sun on Sunday at a, at a, at a soccer tournament for six hours. So uh, I've just worked up enough where I'm not turning beet red. Come December, I look like a dead man. You know, light light eyes, light skin. I, I look I look like a corpse in the winter. I'm a much better summer than winter for sure. So no tanning beds for me. I did that once in high school and burned my butt. Literally burned it. <laughs> Never again. So this is this is this is just too much sunshine for me, dude. You and that uh, cornerback for the Vikings uh, both got your butts burnt. Uh, KJ well, Hamler. Know, funny is, you see Zimmer. Zimmer looked like he just got off the mountain, you know, yeah. with, the, with the ski goggles. I'm like, he looked like he just he had those raccoon eyes, like he just got yeah. off, uh, just got done skiing for a week and hadn't seen the sunshine in, in two months. He does have a degenerative eye disease, though, right? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. you can still use sunscreen on the rest of your face. Though. <laughs> True. True. 
Uh, DeAndre Weatherspoon coming in. He looks like he's got a Patrick, Patrick Sertan picture there. Maybe it's Trinity Benson. Um, good morning, guys. Go Broncos. Good morning to you, DeAndre. Uh, another super coming in here. $20. I love these orange $20 coming in. Keep them rolling, guys. Uh, Kyle Wielden, uh, always coming in. Very super generous. Good to see you, Kyle. Thank you for joining us on this fine Tuesday morning, $20. Good morning, guys. Fun game to watch this weekend. Sertan looks like he's going to be a baller. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, George Payton's talked about it. He's going to get critiques about the pick until the Broncos have the quarterback position figured out. It's just that important. But the Broncos look like they have, based on one preseason game, which, you know, don't start making his bus for Canton yet, but based on one preseason game, he looks like an absolute hit. He's also playing one of the most valuable positions in football. And it looks like the Broncos got another core long-term building block in that secondary. And you're going to need those guys in the AFC West. But Justin Herbert... Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes. Now you have Justin Simmons, who's an obvious uh, long-term building block for that secondary. On top of Patrick Sertan, um, we're going to figure out how the defensive front plays itself out. You know, Draymond Jones, Bradley Chubb are those guys that are going to be worth being building block pieces as well long-term. But I think we're pretty safe to say Sertan and uh, Simmons are going to be those guys in the back seven. Um, So, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a baller. Based on one game, he just he, he looks different, man. He's so big, well, so long, is, so smart it is too. One game where we've gotten to see him out there, but you know, he was taken ninth for a reason. You know, and, and one of the things we said about this draft was several times: you're either going to get your quarterback of the future, or you're going to get a player you're going to be really excited about drafting in the top ten. Yep. Um, and the, the Broncos did. The Broncos got a guy they're going to be really excited about, and, and fortunately, so far. Uh, he's living up to that. This this isn't a, a, a surprise. Like, whoa, this guy's yeah. you know really good. Yeah, yeah, we we knew he he is really good. Um, and you know, hopefully, he's hitting the ground running and all those things that we said why we liked him to begin with. He got to show. Hopefully, he just stays on that same path because he's a, he's a hell of a football player. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's God. He's so fun. Uh, Clee coming in here. Who knew you needed to have a competent O line to help the quarterback? Um, I just wanted to put a little dig in here, Clee. Uh, George Payton was asked about what is a franchise quarterback uh, earlier this week in um, when joint practices were going on. And he mentioned specifically a quarterback who can deliver and execute the offense and make plays even independent of the offensive line. So it, having a competent offensive line definitely helps a quarterback, but we're not questioning Drew Locke, the starting quarterback. You know, he was top 30 last year and he should be top 25, 20 range this season, maybe better, but that's, that's what you're hoping for. However, the question then becomes, is he a franchise quarterback? Is he worthy of a second contract? We have a long way to go yet. Uh, two years. I would use those full two years before having to answer that question to get, get as much data as possible. But um, that's next level stuff. Uh, so, And also, how good the offensive line was in this Vikings game, I don't think that is a fair bar to set. That's like expecting the best offensive line in football every week. You know, only one team can be the best, and that's not a – a sustainable model for success in the NFL. Yeah. But again, uh, we talk about level of competition. We're doing evaluations. Um, You can only do what's put in front of you. You know, they, 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 the, the players that were put in front of them, they dominated, they dominated them. That's all you can ask. Okay. Now let's take the next step. Now, now let's see what happens next. It's, it's going to get harder and harder as we inch forward toward, it seems like we're, you know, years away still. Um, it's coming fast as we get closer to, to opening week, but the question was asked of them, of the offensive line of the defense of the Denver Broncos, the Broncos answered. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris coming in here, Chris Beeston over on Facebook. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, click the thumbs up, the heart, the, the wow react coming in from Tim Durr. Good to see you, Tim. Um, but Chris saying morning, everyone. 
good morning to you, Chris. Uh, let me here we go. We got uh, Nick. Are you going to the Bronco game Saturday? I will be deep, probably in the Olympic Mountains. Um, I was supposed to go backpacking. I was supposed to do a five day, fifty mile trip uh, in the Central Cascades this week, and uh, looks like I'm going to be smoked out there. So I'm I'm hightailing it to the peninsula and uh, probably going to get up next to uh, Mount Olympus. Going to get as close as I can get to Mount Olympus without actually climbing it. I need to take technical gear, the ice axe, the ropes. Um, probably not going to do that this weekend, uh, but I'll probably do a 40-mile trip in the Olympic Peninsula instead, uh, seeing what the weather looks like. So, uh, unfortunately, no, I'm not going to go to that game Saturday, but uh, don't worry, guys. I'll be back to recap it and check it out. Also, it's preseason. I'm going to the game next year. The Broncos are actually coming to Seattle for a regular season game in 2022. Mark me down. I wish they would just announce the schedule now so I'd get my tickets. Um, Jeremy coming in here. Uh, you got to be excited when your question marks look like check marks after game one, as much as they could be check marked. Um, right. That's like Scott said, any questions that we had, uh, we answered not, as much yeah, as we could. The questions that were asked, not any questions that we have, yes, because there's yes. more questions to be had, but the questions that were asked mm-hmm. of the Denver Broncos on Saturday were answered. And, and you know, the, the tests that they were given, they passed with flying colors. Hundred uh, percent. Trevor Sandal coming in here saying Nick is all about facts and stats. Uh, bleep bloop. Just you know, trying to do the robot over here, trying to take the emotion out of it. Um, I saw hearing, uh, I was hearing the statistics and numbers for Drew Lock give him a thirty-one percent chance he is a franchise quarterback. Probably coming from Andrew Mason there, uh, one of my favorites. Um, what say you? That's probably about right. Um, up with these numbers. Uh, I think it was he ran the Make database twenty-nine percent because if it was twenty-nine percent, I'd take the over. <laughs> uh, I, I could get the data for you if you were that interested. Um, I talked with Mace a good bit, uh, but he probably ran all the quarterbacks in the last decade uh, with the specific statistical parameters that he had and uh, the chance that they become a franchise quarterback later on. Um, the two that I can think of in the last decade that struggled as much as Drew did the first two seasons, but then would go on to become legit franchise quarterbacks um, would be Josh Allen and uh, Ryan Tannehill. That's probably where that 31% is. Uh, that's who's carrying most of that weight. Um, but and, and is Tannehill really that guy? I mean, he's th- he's in his 30, 31, 32 now, or is he just a, a guy that's in a good system? We'll find out. I mean, yeah, I that's might a be a little question. biased because, you know, uh, talking about Arthur Smith right now, but he lost his offensive coordinator, and he yeah. never showed anything that he was going to be like he was under Arthur Smith. Yep. So, you know, is he a system guy or is he legit? We're fixing to find out. Um He's definitely competent. They're, they're paying him like he's an elite quarterback. Yeah, me, what, you know, what, what's franchise even mean? You know, a franchise to me means, you know, you're, you're talking about a top 10 quarterback, which yeah, he was last year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, past two years he's been and means I don't have to worry about that position, period. You know, I can yeah. focus everywhere else. I can win a Super Bowl with this guy. To me, that's what a franchise means. Franchise guy means I can win a Super Bowl with this guy. Not just a statistical outlier like Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl. Yeah but a legitimate, this guy gives me a chance every season. Yep. And it's so hard too, because we're going right now, the conversation with Drew Locke hopefully <clears throat> changes this season with him playing well. I'm not expecting top 10 this season. Then the conversation shifts to, okay, he's really good, but you're paying him absolutely nothing. And because of that, you can stack up an incredible roster around him. What's to say that paying him that second big contract, that means the Broncos don't turn into that second contract Andy Dalton Bengals team because Andy Dalton with the Bengals when he was on a rookie contract that team won the AFC North multiple times they had one of the most talented rosters in football as soon as they paid him the team went in the absolute crapper um, because he just wasn't the guy 
right? On a rookie quarterback, definitely good enough. You can put a good team around him. Great. Once he was paid, not, not ideal, not ideal. So, um, that's, that's the one that, uh, ho- hopefully that's where the conversation changes this year. Cause th- that means that drew locks playing in that like 25 to 15 range. And that means this team, this season is going to be very good, but new questions arise based on the new data we get. Um, so let's keep good DBAs in the house. Good to see you. Good morning. Y'all good to see you. Deandre Witherspoon. If everything goes well, can the Broncos make the playoffs this season? Scott. Yes. Done. Yeah. <laughs> you get you get you get average quarterback play and you're talking about not just not just making the playoffs but being dangerous in the playoffs mm-hmm. um and and last year was not even below average it was bad below mm-hmm. average is a step up average is good average quarterback play this year everybody stays healthy not everybody but at least you're not decimated by injuries again yeah uh you know with a little luck with uh, with the injury bug and average quarterback play, and this team is dangerous. It's not just making the playoffs, but becomes a tough out in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen it with the uh, the Titans a few seasons. Now their defense has wilted quickly, and that's the uh, I guess that's the telltale for building a defense. Right? It's not sustainable. You have typically one and a half years before you regress to the the mean historically. Um, speaking of the Ravens, yeah, well. <laughs> they're the outlier. The Ravens and the Vikings have been like the two teams that have had very good defenses the last five years the Vikings imploded last year with the defensive tackle injuries. Um, but historically speaking, um, defenses tend to regress quickly to the mean. Um, but for the Broncos this season, they're very much, I think you could make an argument that they could be like the Titans two years ago when they knocked out the Ravens, number one seed Ravens. That team had a great defense. They got after the quarterback and, um, uh, they could run the heck out of the football. Now Denver doesn't have Derrick Henry, but they also have better pass weapons. That means that they could potentially dictate box numbers differently than what the Titans could do and arguably a better defense. So uh, especially, I'm sorry guys. I know we're talking about the Broncos making the playoffs. Don't think the odds are very good that they win the division uh, with the chiefs in here. So they're playing on the road, but you know what travels in cold weather football on the road. Defense, defense and running rush. game. Exactly. So, and also Drew Locke has been historically has struggled in bad weather condition games, but you can figuratively and literally take the ball out of his hands. If you are playing great defense and running the football and focus more of a more Titans talk here today, gosh, it's the Titans podcast. Um, most efficient passing game of football last year was the Tennessee Titans. And it's not because Ryan Tannehill is incredible. It's because they were going for the big plays, the play action passes because the box numbers were huge and they could uh, get these efficient big chunk plays uh, off of that. That's what you're hoping to see with the Broncos this year with a good run game, good offensive line, and these pass weapons that they have. So uh, we'll see. Um, Andrew coming back in here, Andrew Lampy, and I definitely wanted to get into this one. Somebody that a lot of people slept on. I slept on coming into the draft, did work on him afterwards. Like, okay, I, I see the flashes. Caden Stearns. Uh, Andrew says, don't forget about Caden Stearns. Kid looked pretty legit to me. Stearns was a... F- high recruit. You can probably speak more to that than I can. Obviously, Texas, historically a team that has, not historically, but the last decade, bring in high recruits and they tend to underwhelm, but Stearns has looked really good. Um, great athlete is actually, you know, one of his big questions at uh, Texas was his tackling. And Vic was like, you know, he looks good out there, but tackling's a big deal. And we can't figure that out until games looked good to me in that game. Um, and uh, I know that people are, you know, they love to hold on to their, their known quantities. I remember when the Broncos traded TJ Ward, I did a solo pod and people were crying in the chat. You know, why would, why would the Broncos do this? I don't think TJ Ward even play a snap for the bucks after that. Um, but the future after Kareem Jackson in Denver looks okay. I think you, know, you can put that one to bed. If, if obviously you don't want to lose Justin Simmons, but Caden Stearns slash uh, Justin Simmons, you're probably going to be okay at safety. So that's just one less thing to worry about uh, going forward that you can 
figuratively bank on, you know, not, not hundred percent. Let's say you're drafting like 12 and Kyle Hamilton falls to you. You probably just take the free talent and move on. Um, but you Broncos look like they're in a pretty good spot with the safety position now and going forward. Yeah. And splash again, it wasn't a high pick on him. So no. being able to get him get good value, you know, a under, again, you said underperformer that might be, underperforming is a pretty good way to describe the Texas Longhorns period yeah. for the last decade. So if he had to kind of come out and remind everybody that, Hey, I, I can play don't, you know, it's, it's odd that, you know, the, the Texas guys are getting overlooked because they're Texas guys, but uh, he, you can, he can, he, he can play. So looking forward to seeing more of him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peter coming in here. Um, he's talking about late round draft picks that are developmental players that give you flexibility going forward. Uh, I told you that Stearns, uh, was picked for a reason. So that's, that's a very good one. And I agree with you there. I was probably, I was more hyped on Jamar Johnson, but uh, Jamar has been injured. So uh, Stearns is running with it. And Stearns is a better athlete. Uh, Caden coming or uh, Jeremy saying Caden's athleticism really showed he was flying out there. Uh, really good to see him. Vic Fangio, man, if there's any player or coach in the league that knows how to pick out a safety, Vic Fangio is one who's done a phenomenal job with that. Uh, historically. Um, another guy who stood out to me, not to the extent that, uh, some of Broncos country is pushing, but uh, Justin Stranod looked competent out there in coverage. Um, he's not going to be this all pro. He's not the second coming of Al Wilson, in my opinion, but he is one that he looks competent out there. He could be a starter. I'm not worried about him being a starter. He's not going to be a plus plus player, but he's not going to kill you. And at linebacker, that's fine. And he's another one where even if he doesn't start this year, he's filling in for somebody as a starter in 2022 and beyond. And that's just, again, one less thing to worry about. You don't have to use a premium resource on a linebacker. If you don't have, if you don't want to, you don't have to shell out crazy money for the linebacking position. And Broncos having that in their back pocket with uh, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, both said to hit free agency this next year, gives them a lot of much needed flexibility at the position. Uh, he, he caught my eye quickly. Um, yeah. You know, his, his lateral, he's very good laterally. Yes. Um, you know, his side to side chasing down tight ends in the flats, running backs in the flats. Um, and you can see how important it is to have a thumper in the middle in this defense mm-hmm. towards the, the, in the, in the second half, when the, when the third teamers started coming in, you can see that everything is funneled. The running game is funneled into the middle linebackers. And, and they started the, the Vikings started having some success when those tackles were getting missed or at least, mm-hmm. you know, taken along. So we talk about sometimes it's not the flashiest of positions, you know, some of these, these two, these big guys that are running four eights, but you need somebody that's going to stop a play. Uh, you know, you can get three yards. That's okay, but you're not going anywhere past there. And then the defense was focusing on funneling these guys to the linebackers to be short tacklers, and that's the number one priority right now. Um, but I, I did. I had a couple of notes on on Sternard, um early on because he. Uh, let me see where I have this in here. I said uh, he looked good closing on pass in the flats and then attacking the offensive backfield. He blew up a second and twenty in the second quarter. Um, so he went. He went. He, he made a play laterally, and he made a play vertically. So he he caught my attention for sure too. Somebody that I I really liked. Um, that and, and it may have just been because it wasn't just him having success on the interior line, but Deshaun Williams mm-hmm. was just yes. blowing up the right guard in in mm-hmm. the beginning of the game. And you know, I started looking at him. I was like, you know, Clemson guy, six foot. 290. I'm like, that reminds me of another Clemson guy that's an all pro in Atlanta. You know, did he get overlooked because he is six foot? Because he he was just killing the interior offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings. Now he's going against second team, but he's a second teamer. So I was really impressed with uh with Deshaun Williams. Number nine, I, like I said, I wrote down numbers to start. I don't yeah. I can't just reflexively spit out the names and numbers just yet. Give me one more game. 
Um, but I, I was really impressed with, with 90 in the middle of that defense. Yeah, no, he flashed a lot. He is smaller, but he's got a spot on this team um, for sure. And the Broncos actually have some good interior defensive line depth. I know that the Broncos don't need to play these guys, but uh, I am itching to watch uh, Draymond Jones versus the Seahawks. That's honestly, I mean, everybody's quarterbacks, quarterbacks, but with how much people in camp have been talking about Draymond Jones, if he could be a guy that takes that next step, that you're talking about a completely different defense. If you can get a consistent alpha winner from the interior pass rush position, that's probably the hardest thing to stop um, offensively. If you have a game winner on the inside of the defense. Well, and one of the, one of the players that flashed to me towards the end, and there's a, there's a phrase that non sec fans get really tired of hearing and it's called sec speed. Okay. They get really tired of hearing that. It's like, well, you know, this guy runs a four, three, this guy runs a four, four skill players are fast everywhere. That's not what SEC speed is. SEC speed was in the fourth quarter when Smith Marset, their guy, they're trying to get all get the 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 you know they get the ball because he's all this super fast, gets beaten to the corner by Andre Mitz, number ninety one. I see flash out and push this guy wide for a two Mm -hmm. two loss. Went to Vanderbilt. The SEC speed is in the front seven. Vanderbilt guy takes the corner, and and you know you and I have talked a lot about uh, the the difference between being fast and being able to break tackles. Rose was having success between the tackles, clearing the trash, and, and getting some yards breaking tackles. And the super fast guy couldn't get the edge. And was, was if he wasn't in open field, he was in trouble. So, uh, you know, 91, I thought, you know, rookie out of Vanderbilt. Rookie? Yeah, rookie. Yes. Yep. Rookie out of Vanderbilt. Um, Undrafted. Showed some, showed some good speed on the edge, too. And he was, I think he had an injury this week in the game, but uh, I think he was in pads yesterday so uh good news for the broncos i don't know if he uh, was in there but he's another one that i'm really watching for um maybe some of you old heads in here for broncos country would remember the name uh uh emmett uh doc doc bear also another name uh they're covering the broncos for a long time over on uh, it's all over fat man chad brought him in to write some articles in my huddle i mean he's just he's been a big name in the broncos uh blogosphere for a decade i remember reading him when i was like in a sophomore in high school um but i talk with him pretty regularly as well um, and uh, he's saying that Mintz really caught his eye pretty consistently. Uh, another guy who caught his eye consistently was Natane Moody, uh, Broncos left guard. And I did think it was interesting to watch him uh, every single snap while he was out there at left guard, looking back at Locke before the snap and then kind of uh, tapping on uh, Cushenberry, considering the crowd noise was minimal <laughs> at best there. Um, but still, um, he was out there. He has some work to do. Um, I thought his polls were not the best as far as a. Uh, targeting a guy, locating a guy. Um, but he definitely was a plus player in the run game. And it really does seem like the Broncos are going to try to work him in there. I don't know. What does that mean for the other guards? Dalton Reisner, um, Graham Glasgow, both guys that you've invested in pretty heavily. Um, but it does seem like Moody is uh, very much pushing for a job and uh, he could easily displace somebody if uh, either Glasgow or Reisner struggle on this team decides oh. they need a bump in the run game. Just looking at the team on a spreadsheet, Glasgow's name is circled based on that salary. Yeah. You know, plain and simple. It's, it's what we would say. He's the second highest paid Bronco as a guard. You, you got a red mark through your name already, dude. So if, if you're not clear head and shoulders above the guy ahead of you, you're, you might be looking for a job again in, in, in the very near future. Yeah. Let me look at his contract real quick because I felt like his contract was at a point where it would be difficult to move on from him. Um, but it's hard to say also that he has some center experience in his history as well. Um, so that isn't the worst, but yeah, moving on from Glasgow results in a, uh, 
a twelve million dollar dead cap hit this year and a seven no, I don't million mean this year. Yeah, okay. I don't mean this year for sure. If it would happen, it might be because we, we've talked about how he moves down. And and so going into 2022, it drops to six. You do that after a certain date, it's three. You know, yeah. when you've got a twelve million dollar cap hit and I can do something for three at a guard position, the second highest paid guy, that's uh you know, you're you're a little nervous there. <laughs> yep. Um, I totally might be agree. talking about restructure, you know, let's get an extension in there, do something like that. So again, the, the contract, it just, it just looks odd when you look through everybody's, you know, teams and, you know, the second highest paid guy is, is a, is an offensive guard. That's just, that's just abnormal. Of course, you know, so is not having a quarterback in the double digits as far as, you know, a $10 million cap hit too. Yeah, no, that's that. You're absolutely right. I think Glasgow is one where you hold on to him for now. Uh, but if you do trade him this year, it's a $3 million dead cap hit this year and $6 million next year, but a $8.5 million uh, save. If you there, trade him this a, year. Nick, there was a question here earlier about maybe trading. I think it was Kareem Jackson for a six. Right now, I wouldn't trade anybody in the 2D. No. No one. There's, nope. there's no reason to, unless it was for a player, unless you could get better, but not for a conditional pick or anything like that. I wouldn't trade anybody in the 2D for a draft pick. You're going into the season – you think you've got a chance, depending on the quarterback play, to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. I need all those guys. I don't need cap relief. I don't need a six-round pick. I need I need veteran leadership, and I need my players. Now, yep. if I can make a swap and get better at a position because I can get a player right away, that's different. But mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trading a guy for a conditional draft pick down the road. Not not right now. No way. Uh, I agree with you. Um, but I was leading up to uh, Glasgow, and you're holding on to him now. But let's say the Broncos are two and six, three and five, approaching the trade trade deadline. Now here we are. That's when you're trading the likes of Glasgow, maybe even a Reisner. Also, if you're not happy with how he's fitting in the more power centric scheme uh, to fit in a Moody and uh, get some young blood in there, uh, get some extra draft capital, give give yourself ammo next year to do what you want, yeah. as well as a uh, extra cap space. Yeah. I'm, and when I'm, when I'm talking about, I'm talking about like, you know, right preseason now. heading into yeah, the season for sure. stuff. Uh, once the season unfolds, everything gets reset. Then, then yep. you reset what your, your goals are for the year and for the next year as well. So, mm-hmm. We will uh, we'll revisit that in uh, you know in October. <laughs> yep, hundred um, percent. The one guy that uh, just a point. One guy stands out to me as far as who could be traded, and I agree with you. You know, there's nobody, there's no reason to player for player trades. Eight for one, hardly ever happen in the league. Um, but also um, trading guys off the too deep. Um, the only one that comes to mind where I'd be like, okay, maybe is Tim Patrick. I and saying, I love you're going to say a wide receiver, aren't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tim Patrick. I love Tim Patrick. He's a great player. Um, he's not as good as Cortland Sutton was at his peak. Uh, both those guys are going to be free agents at the end of the year. And you need reps for the likes of KJ Hamler and Trinity Benson. Um, so those are the ones that uh, if you, tra- if let's say you can get a 2022 four and a 2023 four or 2023 third um, for moving on Tim Patrick for a team that needs wide receiver help now. And you're already like, man, we love Trinity Benson. Uh, we love Seth Williams slash Tyree Cleveland or one of these other wide receivers. We don't have the space for them. I would be okay taking a step back uh, with those guys, with Tim Patrick and whatnot. I know it's a risk because Sutton uh, can Sutton stay healthy. That's something, you know, we don't know, but if it means you can get extra ammo, especially in those mid rounds where, hello, look, we're just talking about all these defensive players uh, this cycle all these mid round guys that have been developmental, you're talking about getting more of those type of shots. there, more cheap contracts. So you can spend money elsewhere. Um, that's the only one where it's like, ah, uh, I don't want to, but if somebody offered me value and it was like 
the difference of me keeping Trinity Benson, who's deserves to stay on this roster after what he's done, I would consider it. I, that's the only one. Uh, one of the plays that may have gone um, unnoticed or it may have been picked to death already, you know, we're a couple days into this since the game. So it, it may have, everything gets overanalyzed, but you know, Benson, yeah, the two touchdowns are going to catch your eye and he was open, you know, some, some other stuff too. But the, the one immediately where I noticed was the first punt of the game. It was short. It's like a 35 mm-hmm. yard punt and Benson just comes flying in. Yep. And, 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 and makes a fair catch. You know, those are the hidden yards. That thing takes a bounce on artificial turf and go 25 yards the other direction. Yeah. That's fearlessness. Uh, and then he had a, let's see, it was a return up to the safety. So that was a punt up to the safety. I said, he just looks fantastic in the open field. So, mm-hmm. you know, he caught, he caught our eye off two special teams plays before he even caught a football. Uh, and, you know, and then he had the two touchdowns. So yeah. making the roster. Yeah. Trinity Benson is, you know, uh, it, it was, was great on special teams. Great at receiver. He he was my player of the game. Wow. Player of the game even. Um, man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's just the one where, and I see people saying, you know, it's definitely uh, risky to move on from a Tim Patrick because of the, uh, the unknown of Sutton, how he's recovering um, and how good he was last year. But if you're getting, you know, let's say if I can get a 2022 fifth and then a 2023 third, uh, that's, that's just good business. That's way more than you're ever going to get for him for moving on uh, in the compensatory. So uh, it's, it would be tough to say, but it's definitely something you have to think about. Um, And we had a $2 super coming. Oh, super is starting to come in here. You guys must know it's almost time to go. Once those supers come, we can't go. It's like our closer just came in. It must be time to go. Um, so yes, exactly. Casey coming in here. Uh, and for you guys for being top notch, Casey, you're top notch. Thank you for the $2 super over on YouTube. We also have a $5 super over on YouTube saying best MHH show by far. Thank you guys. Well, thank you, Moron. I'm glad that the, uh, I'm glad that the morning show is getting some love. Uh, appreciate the heck out of you guys for that. We, uh, again, I've said it before. We weren't sure how this would go. Uh, Scott was looking to get in the, the live stream game and he said, well, what about a morning drive? Chad said, Okay, I got a guy who's chomping at the bit to do some more football stuff. This is my favorite uh, medium, if you will, as well. And I also enjoy uh, the football talk with Scott here and the chat. So it's uh, it's great. Uh, Broncos 17 and 0 coming with the super sticker, $20. Um, I'm going to think it's going to be, I'm going to say it's a super sticker of Natane Moody flattening a guy. That's what I'm picturing. That's what that's my MVP from the game. Moody was very fun. Um, El Bronco saying, <laughs> Scott is a low key hater, SMH. Okay, well, El Bronco. Um, I would say that Scott is same thing that people called me a hater before. I'm just saying data and leaving it up for interpretation. So if that makes me a hater, you hate me. Who have I hated on? Who have I hated Um, on? I've been nothing but positive. Who have I hated on here? Yeah, I can't even think of any. But the the key is it's it's when in in daily life, as far as fandom, it's not even low key. I'm absolutely a hater. You you grew up a Cleveland born Atlanta sports fan. You hate everything. So, yeah. so, but, uh, this is, this is fun. Cause I, you know, I don't have, I have, I have a, an emotional connection with, with you, with this Broncos community, yeah. but not necessarily with the team. So I, I, uh, I, I don't have that same sense of dread when the, when the Denver Broncos are playing that I do when anybody else I happen to watch is playing. I'm a miserable person to be around during games of fans that I watch. Cause everything is going to go bad. I'm one of those guys that bitches about everything. I know that they always say that perfection is the enemy of good, but uh, I started this gig and becoming uh, with the platform and whatnot during the end of the Peyton era, beginning of the Trevor Simeon era, if you can call it that. So uh, 
always nitpicking, right? It's all, it was always something. If it wasn't the offensive line, it was something on the defense, et cetera, et cetera. So we're getting it going. Um, but uh, here we go. Big floppy <laughs> coming in here. So let me get this straight. Super chats show up and then you guys log out with your beer money. What a gig. It's I call it my REI fund. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun to sit in here and talk football. And obviously, Scott and I have been doing this for a number of years as well. But we wouldn't be here if uh, you guys weren't supporting us. So. We appreciate the heck out of you. Um, that's going to have to do it for us today, though, unless any super chats come in in the last minute. Uh, but that's Broncos for breakfast, guys. We're going to be back at you Thursday morning, same time, same place, 7.30 Mountain Time. You guys can catch us on Twitter, uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. While you guys are over there, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Thank you for everybody for the answering the call of action with the uh, the like, the heart, and the wow reacts over on Facebook. But if you haven't done that yet, please, Smash that like button. That goes for YouTube as well, but uh, specifically the Facebook people right now. I'm talking to you. Uh, Give us a like react. Give us a heart react. We'd really appreciate that. And while you're over there as well, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Become a supporter today. You know, what are you waiting for? The season's here. Everybody's hyped. Uh, Broncos, both top two quarterbacks were the number one and two rated quarterback in football. You know, now's the time to get in, man. Let's let's keep this momentum going. It's going to be a good time as long as that's continuing. Um, Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle is pod uh, pod as well. Uh, follow us there. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Hit that little bell uh, icon to get alerts for when we go live, when something new comes up. It's not just the live streams. There's video breaks downs. There's the trickle corner as well. So there's uh, the Kelberman corner as well. So uh, keep on that while you guys are over on YouTube. Also, make sure you go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I'm going to drop his sub in the chat as well. Um, anything that new going on there? I know you've said you've been doing the premier league. What's going on football wise. I'm sure you got some Falcon stuff going yeah, on. Do, there. do a more Falcon stuff, cutting up some of the interesting sound bites. I know press conferences can be just yeah. unbelievably boring. So you need somebody to filter out the 60 seconds of what's interesting out of a 30 minute press conference. So trying to do a little of that and, uh, you know, going to start doing some, some intros on into those things, some newsers, newsers type stuff. And yeah. you know, we'll get close to start doing some fantasy football as well. So, uh, got any requests? Uh, if you guys are there, like I said, it, it, with you know, football is nothing without fans. So if you got any requests, uh, uh, I'll, I'd be happy to 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 hit some different topics. Just let me know. I want some uh, Tyler Linderbaum cut cut ups. How's that? Uh, there's a the Tyler Linderbaum Bronco, or it's the Iowa Hawkeye Center. There's a video out there. He's a he's a wrestler from Iowa, and there's a video from him wrestling uh, Tristan Wirfs for the wrestling championship and pinning Tristan Wirfs. Incredible. High school guys. I love the wrestlers, especially on the interior line linebackers and running backs because they're balanced. You, you try and cut block, cut block a linebacker. Doesn't happen. They just sprawl. You know, they're they're constantly on their feet. And then the the interior lineman is wrestlers there. It's all grappling, you know, it's all grappling and using your balance and your leverage. So, you know, multi-sport athletes are better, better players. And you can, you can take, something from one sport to whatever sport you choose. And the crossover between wrestling and football is fantastic. So I love the wrestlers. Love them. I want my uh, quarterbacks to play baseball. I want my perimeter players to play soccer. I want my front seven and offensive linemen to play, to wrestle. That's, that's a uh, running track in the spring. Yeah. Maybe some basketball as well out there. Um, but let's say hello to all of our super chats here that came in today. You guys were really supportive and we appreciate that. Um, hopefully I don't miss anybody here. We got max power, Lord deer, Gary Leeds, Palmer, Andrew Lampy, Matthew Martinez, Justin Jarvis, Kyle Wilden, Casey sheet, Mo Ron Broncos 17 and no, uh, thank you guys I, I so feel much. Like there were some superstars in there from Facebook that we missed. So, um, 
We Peter, certainly, you know, if in. we did, we apologize. Make sure that we're, you, you get called out. Gary's good about that. Yeah. Uh, Dave's good about that for, um, for uh, Thursday. Yep. Absolutely. So guys, we will uh, see you out of here. He said, uh, said, sorry, no starts. You're still waiting for things to be set up here. That's okay, Peter. We appreciate you. We love everybody joining us today. Um, everyone have a great, hopefully smoke-free day. Uh, go out there and get it. Stay safe as always. And we'll see you guys on Thursday, but until then go Broncos.